0: um so you guys didn't talk last week okay um, I was gonna ask if you wanted to talk about you have a whole list of stuff on on a the whole doc
1: Did yeah
0: you one of those items
1: well um I'd like to um talk about a movie that Jesus is making um uh, that's that's my imagination is that Jesus speaks to me by showing me movies and um, they're very slowly rolled out because uh, I have to help him make them. Um, so yeah, tell me about the picture. You got that up there.
0: Oh, no, I'm just getting oh. set up. This okay. is the one that we started last time and I'm just going to do a couple. I'm just going to do a couple things. I'm just okay. moving stuff. So yeah, okay. you know, about
1: your movie. No, no problem. Uh, so I can tell you about uh could I'd, I'd like to it's, it's very interesting what happened this morning um so i i'm making this uh with jesus jesus is making this movie it's a hundred part movie called jesus verse the movie and vision so he's portraying the um the movie itself as a slow vision the, i'm going to roll this you're going to see a vision greg the nice thing is it's going to be recorded uh so unlike nephi is like oh i had this dream let me tell you about it no this is the vision so when you're watching this this is the vision it's still an approximation kind of like your painting here's an approximation of what i see in my head emily could tell us um and her hands and so forth um and so that's how this hundred part movies portray well interestingly like on a number line uh Jesus did this thing. He, um, I'd already done movie number one, m- movie number two, movie number three. And then he inserted a prelude, like movie zero. And so like on the number line, like, oh, we just moved back to part zero. And then he went later, um, I don't know, It's probably at part five or something. He went to minus one. And so I'm like, okay, well, this is a prelude to the prelude. And then he just kept going back on the number line. And these are these are preludes. They're, uh, I guess, in music when you have an orchestral sk- score, you'll have an overture that sets the themes and so forth. And so I thought, okay, I'll I'll just go with it. Um, and in the most recent one, um, minus four, so like.
0: Also, oh, now you go <laughs> back. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, he, he. He. Um. The movie's called uh, Childlike and childish and um, just a minute i'm going to kick my dog's out yes, Okay. Um so that movie um is called childish uh no childlike and childish and it starts by showing that um uh god calls people um sometimes to be not only childlike but also childish um and mm-hmm. <laughs> And 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 that's what I am called to. So that's what he's explaining. So in these movies, it's a vision to understand who I am. It's been, um, although I am kind of made that way, um, even, even, even if we're made for a certain mission, sometimes it's hard because you may live in a world where your particular way of being is not uh, the prevailing mode. Uh, you're a fish that's swimming the other way when all the fish, most all the fish are swimming one way. And you're like, I don't know, I feel like swimming a different way and uh, use whatever parable, that's the chosen parable, but um, sheep. Um, and that, um, as as free as I tend to be, I have to be reinforced on that Like, and God knows it. So that, that theme throughout all the different works I have is reinforced, reinforced, get used to different. And so this movie was very satisfying because it, it dealt with a very particular issue, and and which I like your art, um, we could say, well, she's painting with her fingers, and and you're like, that's starting to verge on childish, you know, you can paint childlike, that means humble, but this actually starts drifting towards, well, that's just childish, and some people aren't going to like your art, you know, what's coming out of you, they're going to like, I, no, I need more realism, or, or, or whatever it is that they need. Um, and so you're not going to be able to produce what sub segment or even a big segment are looking for, um, but that's not your intent. And so these these um, episodes we've done of Jesus in this mess um, go towards explaining a lot of things. But one of those things is uh, what what Emily's doing, uh, and and the why. Um, and we can talk about that as well, we probably will. So in, in part minus four, God, um, Well, oh, go ahead, yeah, you, you go ahead. Yep. I was gonna
0: say, you keep kind of cutting out. Is that me or is that you?
1: Uh, it's probably me. Um, I think that the internet's probably uh, not perfect, I, I suppose, today. Sometimes the connection's off. Um, but uh yeah
0: well sometimes mine's bad too
1: yeah yours yours is coming like through. Okay yours is coming okay through. looks like it's
0: okay
1: right now yeah yours is coming through okay. clear and and even if it's not i've got the recording on my side so um they're catching this they may not want to but um uh okay. regard. um so um in okay. that in that movie um there's a precedent for God calling people to not only be childlike, but childish. And one of those is he, he had his prophet Isaiah um, take off all his clothes for three years. He preached naked as a uh, parable, a living parable uh, um, for the people uh, warning them that they were going to, if they didn't repent, they're going to end up naked and taken away and they'll see their buttocks or whatever. This is literal scriptures. Um, and then God brought to my mind this Quaker, um, his name was Harris, same thing, he, he walked town naked, and he was called to that. Um, and as it turns out, um, uh, the people weren't too thrilled about him walking around naked. Um, and they, in fact, um, uh, spanked him, or whatever you want to call it, for it um, flogged him. And, uh, but um, he was earnest, and so they let him uh, well, Okay, go ahead and finish your message. I guess, um, but but he, he would keep coming back. And um, what ended up happening, interestingly, is that the the place that he walked ended up burning because um, he prophesied that this this place would burn. But anyway,s a, a third of that, Cumberland burned, and so that that just sets the premise that maybe um, God does things differently than we've ever supposed. That uh, as we get to know Jesus more, uh we need to have uh we can be careful about our preconceptions of what's allowed and then um then my wife played a role in that movie um, because I remember the day I told her I was swimming with jesus um, she's swimming to the other lane, and I told her Jesus has called me to be childish and childlike and she's so she warned me because i I know it's not her favorite thing that i I do the uh uh metaphorically naked uh street preaching um psychologically naked anyways not literally naked uh it's not comfortable wouldn't, wouldn't be comfortable for most people to be married to who i am but basically god confirmed while i was underwater that's who you're supposed to be and she responded which i love my wife because she'll do this like um uh she like the calvary come running uh you know and so she um she said well the apostle paul said that when I became a man, I put away childish things. And in an instant, Emily, um, my mouth was filled by the Spirit of God, and I said, "What he was speaking of is the things he had talked about in First Corinthians. Um, that um, it is childish to not be kind. So he's um, love is kind, love is patient. It is childish to be impatient." I said he was he was giving a litany. Of, Because that's actually, I, and I'm not a scriptorian, so when that came to my mind, I'm like, I'd never made the connection ever before. I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. He's talking about all these things that um, love is. And then what he what he ended up doing is saying, um, and what it is not is childish in the sense, it, but in a particular sense. He wasn't condemning uh, Isaiah for running around naked like some little kid who forgot his clothes. Um, nor was he condemning other things and people who God calls to be, you can call it weirdos, you can call it, but but childish. And so that that movie, (laughs) I've just about described the whole thing. Um, God had me make, and it was very satisfying, like, okay, thank you. (laughs) You've explained it to my satisfaction, but also that my wife can watch it um, and other people. If they want like what are you doing do you really want to know just go watch the movie i don't have to explain it to them and get all scriptury and so forth but that's not my primary concern is other people it's just like myself um to, to strip down is not easy somebody ought to try that just like as an experiment take off your clothes and walk around not for three years just do it for a few days and see what that see how easy that is you're like I don't want to yeah well guess what even if you're isaiah it probably took some getting used to uh but you can get used to almost anything so you can be a sinful person and if you just keep keep with it pretty soon you'll your family will get used to, oh he just does math yeah that's great he does math but at first it's gonna be way awkward hey we don't do that or whatever the sin happens to be but uh but regardless if it's a sin or not when, when when you're doing things that those around you um, don't approve of, that's very hard to escape from. And so God has had to build this fortification so that I will stay in his game, so that I will continue. And and everyone, ultimately, if you want to stay in relationship with God, you have to build a similar fortification, maybe not to do childish things, because not everybody's built called to do childish things, like not everybody paints with their fingers like Emily, but Um, everyone who's in relationship with God is going to be called to do things that are difficult. That like that, that you could easily pull out and say, I'm not going to do that anymore. (laughs) And it's the thing that God, you know, that's what he wants you to do. Um, And so that um, I guess is the emphasis that I'm having. I'm, I'm, I'm explaining to you right now, Emily, and to others who are watching why I so, I mean, I put a tremendous amount of energy and I have for years into um, reinforcing the things that God is telling me to do because they're pretty, uh, they leave me in, in an ambiguous state, a vulnerable state, a risky state. Um, and to stay in that place um, is is hard, even for me. I'm, like I said, I've been trained my whole life to kind of defy authority, but it's at a whole new level. I mean, because one, you stick it in the religious realm, like that Harris, he showed up at church, not just on the streets, but one time he came to church that's when they said okay that's enough of that and they uh that's when they flogged him uh so jesus is not calling me to um run around naked literally but so much figuratively that's true and so uh before i tell you what part five is (laughs) um uh do you have any thoughts um yes
0: i do um, it was cutting out really bad for a while there, but now it's starting to do better. So, um, but I think I got the, the gist of it. Uh, so, so I think if people, I don't know how it's going to cut off for people, but if you only heard the word naked, you might get totally the wrong idea, <laughs> <laughs> but I think what you're saying and what I'm understanding is you're called to do things that are uncomfortable and they're not, and people will see it and be like, that person crazy or that person's doing something weird, or that's not part of the status quo, like the current status quo for people to do. Like, I, I know you're like a street preacher or you're making these movies and you're just very honest with your opinions, but it was, it surprises me to hear that you're afraid because I always thought you just had no fear and you just like, go do it. And uh, <laughs> it, it's hard to to put yourself out there and to do something like that people don't approve of. So, so for example, with me, um, I feel like the circumstances i'm in i honestly feel like among my very close friends and people that i love i feel like i'm one of the few people that actually believes in god honestly and um and i feel crazy for that sometimes and sometimes when i'm surrounded by that i'm like am i just making something up or is this real like is this just a a crazy obsession to make myself feel better because i have family and people who are like yeah you're just full-on crazy like they're like, I can't believe you've read all that stuff and you, you still believe in the Book of Mormon. Like what's wrong with you? Like, and I, and I get that um, actually fairly often. Um, and they're like, how can you believe these? And sometimes I question myself as well because it is really hard to do something that is against the status quo. Um, for me, when I do this art, sometimes the only way I can go against the status quo is to go very extreme. Which is I think kind of like what you like for you with your videos, it's to go so extreme that then you just embrace it craziness and then it's like, oh, they're crazy. And then it's like, yeah, they're crazy. And and the more I really that 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 discussion was very impactful to me when we had that a few weeks ago of just embracing the inner crazy because it's like, yeah, like once you embrace that. You know, there's nowhere to go to up, uh, but I didn't realize that Isaiah, actually, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to fact check that because I didn't realize that Isaiah preached naked. Where is that? Oh, yeah. Like, seriously, where is that? Where yeah. do I find that?
1: Because I uh, did not. Yeah, you, uh, most people don't. It's obviously, at church, they're not going to emphasize that one, are they? Let's see. Isaiah
0: yeah.
1: Preach naked. Yeah, I'll tell you where it is because I, I I, never actually looked it up. And then when he, when he started making that movie, I'm like, okay, I'll look it up. Uh, Isaiah 21 through 4. According to Isaiah 23, Isaiah preached naked or at least nearly naked. Um, he may have been wearing a loincloth barefoot for three years. And so, um, whether he was <laughs> like, it's like me putting a Speedo on. Well, I'm not naked. I, you know what? At this point, it doesn't matter. You're walking in the Walmart. Doesn't leave much, though. Yeah. You might as well go full Monty, Greg, because you are not
0: going to. don't do that.
1: Yeah. That's, that's right. Yeah. Anson, uh, my friend uh, has preached. Yeah, the- do oh no, no, I got, I'm not called to it, but if I am, I, I would do it. I know like, yeah, I would do it. I'd be like, Oh God, don't please have me. You know, Like I would divorce my wife. Like, Oh, please don't ask that of me. But if, if he wanted me to, cause it's like one of the biggest joys in my life. Uh, and so, um, but I'm, I know I've given my life to Christ. So sorry, everyone else I'm done. I am done with my life. I didn't, I didn't kill myself. But it's like killing myself. I've given my life over. So I, too, and like Emily's saying, it blows my mind, Emily. I'm often, and God will have me reflect on what you're doing. I'm like, oh, it's so mind-blowingly crazy. I'm believing in an invisible God. And, and I'll just be stunned at this. And I'm taking commandments. I'm like, okay, God wants me to do this thing. <laughs> and I'm like, and why didn't that stun me before? Because I never went this deep in the belief. And, I, and, and and part of that has to do with that level of, you know, when you go all in on something, uh, I don't care if it's your marriage uh, or um, your patriotism. Um, when you go in deep enough on something, sacrifice will be required. Um, and that's true of the devil. So if you, if you just want to dabble like in witchcraft, witches will tell you that you'll eventually come to a point where they're like going to introduce you to some darker elements you'll have to decide whether you want to go there because everything kind of has its um you know it's like a plant it grows hey where are we going i didn't know this was going to be part of it uh childbirth like ooh, i love having children yeah well just wait you'll see and so there'll be new challenges within that so christianity uh and closeness with jesus believe me that's part of my testimony. That's why he's like, I say things in an ominous way. Like if I was to preach at church, I'd be like, yeah, this sounds freaking scary. Cause I'm like, he will possess you. You will not in so many, so many ways you're not going to be yourself anymore. Oh, you're, you're still in there, you know, and you know that you're a dirty, filthy, rotten, hard, hard, hopeless sinner. But one, if you let go, he'll take you, he'll take you over and start doing stuff with you and, <clears throat> um, and now that sounds extreme, and I'd, it would take n- a number of movies for me to adequately explain what I just said there. And that's why, uh, that's why you have to have charity. So If you don't have charity, like, I don't have time to watch all your movies. And what you just said doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound like something I want to be involved in. Oh, well, you need to watch all the movies. Uh, what are you going to tell me next? I have to read the whole Bible in order to understand Jesus? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you that that that's a big undertaking, but some people who go all in on Jesus, that's what they'll do. They're like, and they'll have to wrestle with things like Isaiah, literally preached naked. Oh no. Some scholars have said that maybe he wasn't fully naked. Woo. Okay. Cause I couldn't go for a Jesus who would have a prophet that would be buck naked, but yeah, speedo. I could live with that. And so, um, but is it in the scriptures that he had a loincloth? No, but I think I'm going to just believe that he did. And so, and, and that is totally cool and totally understandable. So I wanted to respond to what you were talking about, um, Emily, because it is the pathway where finally you have to be able to um, have friendships that can survive that. Like, oh, are we going to allow Emily the privilege of worshiping Almighty God according to the dictates of her own conscience? Because uh, I know that she lets us worship according or not worship at all according to the um, dictates of our conscience are we going to allow that same thing well we can't and there's some people who can't they're just like no you got to be an atheist with me uh or 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 this can't work and so then that's fine you just you just have to separate it's not fine it's also um cataclysmic and so my my relationship with christ why it's kind of frightening is, is it's taken me in places that put great tension between uh the culture the lds culture i grew up in and the culture that jesus is teaching me and it's like whoa greg i don't think we're called to be evangelical mormons like full-on you know evangelicals well maybe you're not but i am uh and i know that (laughs) and uh and it's a serious endeavor because guess what guys if i don't do that i i I start losing my relationship with Jesus, and that's the thing I treasure most. So I won't, I won't let go. Of that our relationship with you, Greg, means less than your relationship with Jesus. Correct. You are correct, because that's that's you guys haven't been able to meet my needs. You're mortals. Well, we're trying our best. I know, but I've got issues inside me. And so Jesus basically won my loyalty. I tell you, that's what it is. Like, why are you so big on Jesus? Because he's done what no one else on earth has been able to do for me. Somehow he goes inside of me and resolves these big issues without a lot of therapy. I I call him my therapist. But if, if somebody else could do that, I'd be like, well, maybe I'll worship you. But I've never met a mortal because that'd be like ridiculous. A mortal can go inside of me and squash fears uh things that used to bother me (laughs) good luck on that one um and so yeah i've I've become loyal to him and i gave up my life and and uh it's hard yeah it it's it's hard to keep that that commitment up just like a, a good marriage uh you know you can have a marriage that drifts down into okayness but if you had a great marriage you got to work hard to keep that marriage because you're going to get older, you know, maybe you get grumpier, like where are you? Yeah, you have to work at that. Just like we have to work at keeping a country, a beautiful, free democracy. You can't just be laissez-faire. And we've, we have been. And so it's, it seems like we're coming to an end of a cycle on that one. Um, I don't have hope in the, in the world anymore. I have hope in Christ. So, yeah, if if, if he wants to, you know, um, turn turn this around. But. I don't have much hope for that, uh, but I do have hope for segments of, um, at least to to what I'm assigned. Uh, um, so anyhow, yeah, that's, that's my full confession. Yeah. I have to work hard at this relationship with Christ and I'm aware of it. Like, oh, I see why, (laughs) why people wouldn't do this. That's why I'm like, Jesus. I see why people wouldn't do this like that's just too much work. Yet those same people might work really hard for money. Like cuz I know people that have to work so hard to get a lot of money to stay like and, and it's increasingly hard to stay middle class in America. You know, uh if you're in Venezuela you can't even do that. I mean, you'd have to be very very rich like millions and millions or or the middle class is almost unsustainable. That's what's going to happen to us here. It's like we we just simply can't maintain this lifestyle. Uh, that's what I believe, anyways. I'm being prophet, prophetic. but um, but right now people work at staying in that pocket, the the middle class. They have to work so tremendously hard. I had a friend from Georgia over there by Russia, and and he came over here as an illegal aide, and he finally got his citizenship. But he said, Greg, you you Americans, I I had no idea. We watch these movies and it. And it's like, I had no idea how hard you have to work to keep what you have. <laughs> he said, people in Georgia are just kind of like drinking wine, you know, showing up um, to uh, to work. Uh, you know, they, they don't work as hard, but there he is. Um, yeah, he was in New York and he's just like, wow, these people are different than the people in Utah. He said, they're just so much more energy. Well, yeah, if you live in New York, um, you just raise the stakes uh, because keeping that lifestyle going, you have to bring a lot of energy to that, to, to maintain it uh, or have miracles from Jesus. And so that's what I'm saying is like, I get why people don't wanna do that. They're already like taxed, like, oh, it's all I can do just to, to stay alive uh, and, and make sure my kids get a college education and have clothing that isn't from thrift stores to have food that's not from some food bank <laughs> i'm describing all these things that are part of my life now yeah yeah we're not going to be doing that you're going to be getting your your food from a food bank instead of costco oh yeah jesus that that is a food bank it's called jesus's costco food bank oh in your world we're all beggars correct <laughs> Yeah, i'm using a scripture um to say that um just because Jesus tell, told me to, he said, oh, yeah, you know, I'm the one taking care of everybody, whether they know it or not, whether they acknowledge it or not. And so, um, like I say, I gave up my mind. I gave up my heart. I gave up my life to Jesus. So you're seeing uh, dead man walking um, when you see me like, oh, that that guy um, would have just jumped off a, a off a cliff. and I've never had suicidal thoughts. so I'm using that as a metaphor, but it's it, it is um, it is inadequate metaphor to say how serious i've had to be (laughs) to stay in relationship with jesus because i was dying uh there was you know my whole life whatever this is it just stopped working like and and jesus was kind and he came in like are you ready (laughs) okay here we go and it's been a ride ever since
0: Yeah, I like, Um, I wanted to touch on something you said earlier, you know, about sacrifice. I think everyone's called to sacrifice different things, like for you choosing to go without, you know, and finding other ways of living. I, also, um, especially like, so what I mean is there's a difference between paying 10% tithing that you feel like you have to pay. And that's like a, a habit and you just do it. But when you don't just give it all to an organization like that, to like your religious organization, and you try to honestly help out people, I found that it's really a struggle to to give money and to give my means and my time. Um it's hard. Uh like like I said, there's just it's hard when you're not like you have this lean looming over you and it's like, if you don't do this, you can't do this. You know, when you, when you have that, there's for some reason it's easier, I guess. But when you have more money, like so the more money you have, the more 10% is. Where now you're not talking about pennies. You're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars. And then the thing about it is it's all really up to you. Um, I know that's something I've struggled with as I have um, changed a lot of my religious beliefs is just, Um, like, I'll be honest, I don't pay tithing to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I haven't for quite a while, Um, and that's the whole personal thing, but I keep trying to find ways to give and help others, and to give to my community, and to give when I hear of someone in need, and just being able to give to them, and it's a lot harder. It's very much so harder than just being like, I'm going to have this auto-withdrawn every month on the 1st. This money is auto-withdrawn. I don't even have to think about it. It doesn't even really like a sacrifice because it's just coming out and it's like part of my paycheck practically you know and so it's different when i'm like oh the situation comes up i feel like i should help how much do i feel like i should give and uh that's something i haven't quite figured out yet um is, is how to do that but i was just i don't know i guess i'm just saying it's different it's different to try to listen to the spirit and be like god who should i help today it's 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 a lot more challenging so i'm just saying there's a different aspect to this, you know, it's not, it, it's so much easier to just have a religion where you're like, I don't have to put in much work. Like everything's laid out for me. This is the path. This is what I read. This is what I do. This is what I study. This is what I teach my family. This is, this is how much tithing I pay. This is like, that's so much simpler, so much simpler. Um, but for me, it didn't produce the depth that I needed. I could only get the, the phrase skin deep. I could only get skin deep. It wasn't because I was surrounded in a community that does that, it didn't require much sacrifice, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You know, it didn't, it's not until people start looking at me and be like, you're crazy, what are you doing? I can't believe you do that, that it, it becomes different, I guess. It reminds me, I've heard this a lot through, um, but you know, it's like Job, Um, where you have to give everything up and you have to give everything up again. And you have to be willing to give everything up. Like again, back to like the Isaiah um, naked thing, not saying you run around naked, but sometimes it's whatever you hold most dear dear, uh, dear to you. So your dignity, your pride. So for me, I was always very proud of my fact that I could paint very well. Um, uh, Growing up my whole life actually, I would say like I put, I know I have several journals with this, of putting my worth into my art. And being like everyone's like wow like you're this really amazing artist like you can just be anything and like all of this i love being the one who knows i love being the one who has all the answers who just can do it really well and does it like perfect and so in a uh, in giving that up it's it's really really challenging it, it's challenging to have that that childlike play and to be like you know this is not working how I wanted it to work. And it's hard. It's hard to give all of that up and be like, you know, God, I'm trying to choose your way. And I'm not, and and again, I'm not perfect. But again, because of when you're in with an organized religion, like for me, like with uh, Mormonism, there was you do X, Y, and Z, and therefore you are a good Mormon. And therefore you are fitting this bill. But if you don't do X, Y, and Z, there's like this incredible amount of shame that comes. That's like, I'm a bad person. I i'm doing this strong i'm not gonna go to heaven i'm and so you have to like it's just a really really big struggle um and actually anytime if i don't like to an organized religion church on sunday i get this i still do i get this like immense guilt but when i do go i'm like sometimes not always sometimes it's really good right but sometimes like the most meaningful moments are just at home or uh, I did an artwork about this once and I probably talked about it. The most, one of the most spiritual experiences I ever had was when I was really sick in the hospital and um, and I was kind of dying and I didn't know it. Um, I had a ruptured appendix and I had the blood poisoning. I can't think of what it's called, sepsis. I had like sepsis and I was really, really sick. And because I think I was brought so low, it was um like, that was, I remember I, I have a whole series of Art about us, and I wrote a lot about it, was just this whole idea of our hospital's holy places, and where are holy places, you know? Because it's like, you need to be in holy places, and it's like, well, that's the temple, that's what I grew up with. But I found that when I'm in the midst of these crazy, like when I was in the hospital, I felt so, not say holy, I felt like I was in a holy place, where there was, I felt like there were tons of prayers there, I felt like there were tons of people that were just searching for answers all over the doctors, helping people, the, you know, the people there, the family, it was like, everybody was like coming together, trying to help. And and, and in some ways it was a very spiritual experience. I actually used to do when I was really sick like that, and I had to go for follow-ups. I actually used to do paintings in the hospital. I would bring my art stuff with me. I'd bring like a little jar of paint, like just like a couple and I would do oil paints like this. And I would bring with me and I was in the waiting room. I would just like start painting. And I would just like try to make, I used to, one of my things used to be painting, not like street preaching, but I would like paint in weird places. And that was part of one of my series for a while was just, where can I paint where I'm not supposed to? You know, it was like, oh, I'm in the hospital, I'm in a waiting room and I'm just like pulling out my gloves and uh, turpentine, not really turpentine because I don't travel very well, but I would just have like paper, oil paint, you know, some kind of toxic stuff, not hurting anyone. Um, you know, as long as you're wearing gloves and you're, I should, I should give that a warning. If you're choosing to paint with your fingers and you're using oil paint, you really should wear gloves. Um, I mean, you don't have to, but oil paint is probably the most toxic of the paint. A lot of these colors I'm using are cadmium red. This has a lot of bad stuff in it. Um, any of the cads, cadmium yellow, this is also a really toxic one. So, like, I call these my poison paint. So don't, Don't eat this stuff. Uh, Just throwing that out there. Disclaimer, do not eat paint, okay? It's not good for you. Um, Don't let your animals or kids eat it either. Anyways, but just, I guess in some ways I used to do a lot of that too. And maybe I should do do that more. I should start trying to, I need to make art more. I only make it Sunday mornings when we talk now, but I, I don't know. And this kind of leads me to another thing. With like religious stuff and, and with my art, like, so I know for me, making art like this and having communication and talking like this, is actually really important for me spiritually. If I don't do it, then I start losing my connection to God, I guess you could, or feeling like I'm losing my connection. So I'm like, well, I should do it more, but then I don't. And it's like, why don't I? It's just hard to get started. Like, again, it's not like if I had something that was like a commandment or rule that was like, thou shalt paint 30 minutes every day then like it would be so much easier than having choice. I guess that's what I'm saying. Having choice is hard. I guess that's what I'm gonna summarize it as. Sorry, no, you can go with that one.
1: No, no, that's a good, good place. Uh, I've got some comments from one of those. Um, I just spoke to my wife today. So um, about this and my daughter. So my daughter's in Thailand. Our grandson's there, three years old. My daughter, um, Jennifer's calling and saying, you know, um, he, he just went to sleep, uh, but I, I, I'm i anxious. I have anxiety. Like, is he going to be okay? Because my my um, grandson just went through um, some some sickness, um, not super unusual sickness, um, but he's had that, like that septus that you talked about about a year, year and a half ago, he had that and it was, you know, real serious problems, but then he's had, you know, kind of like COVID kind of stuff in the last month or so you know when you're a little kid probably a little especially a little kid in thailand you're going to be sick because that's how you develop immunities and so for mother that's very distressing and she's um talking with my wife about like how, how do i find peace and my wife is emphasizing of course christ and, and putting that child on the altars like okay jesus i'm here uh, I've done everything I can. He's in bed. Uh, you'll have to take care of it. Cause you know, maybe that child dies during the night. Like, Oh, what should I have done? I should have, well, you need to let your heavenly father know, wake me up if there's something I'm supposed to do because you're not the only one responsible for your child. There's a, there's a bigger adult um, in the room and his name is Jesus or heavenly father or Holy ghost. <laughs> um, and um that is a beautiful thing to tell yourself if it allows you to just go to sleep because that's what my daughter should do i mean psychologists would say well what you need to do dearie, is lay down and go to sleep and not worry about it and so um that's a, that's a practical side of the gospel and a practical side why and so even people who don't believe in jesus or aren't religious they understand well there's a real practical side in believing that the universe or whatever's got your back. Because otherwise, you can just be a nervous Nelly and, and drop all kinds of weird chemicals into your body you didn't intend to. There's all these hormones that are just terrible for you. They'll help you gain weight if that's what you need. Cortisol, uh, you know, uh, adrenaline. Well, I don't want those negative things. Right. So you need to change your thoughts. Well, but my life is under pressure. Yeah, you have no idea. <laughs> and I don't have idea. But there is one who does. Oh, uh, you're going to have me do that Jesus thing. No, you don't have to do that. Do whatever thing it is that you do. Um, it's just that some people have found comfort in the truth. Because <laughs> you have your truth. You can go ahead and speak it to me. But I have my truth. And mine is based on real evidence. Because I can tell you this. It's part of my testimony. This is a testimony that wouldn't go over very well at church. Yeah, there's, if there was another God other than the devil... I think I might worship him instead of Jesus. And I've told Jesus that, like, you're kind of hard, you know, like, uh, take up your cross and learn of me. This is a guy who died on the cross. He got nailed to a cross and he invites his followers to metaphorically, hopefully, take up their cross. That sounds ominous. (laughs) And it's meant to, to kind of prepare you for what your relationship will be like. Um, but any good relationship is going to have encumberments. So um, it's it's a devilish thought to say that joy comes encumbered. That's what the devil preaches all day long, all the advertisements, that you can have joy in your life un, un, unencumbered. No, that's that's incorrect. That's false. But it, some people like to believe it, and they just hold on to that blankie. I'm going to believe it, even if it um and Sometimes they, had, in order to believe it, they have to take drugs uh, of various sorts, sometimes legal, sometimes not, uh, in order to sustain that belief. And sometimes it can't even be sustained in there. And I would say because Jesus, he will leave the 99s to come and find you. <laughs> and I say that almost in an omin- ominous way because I feel like that's what he did to me. And when, when he came for me, it was like labor. It's like, oh, so if I'm a baby coming down that that birth canal, the Jesus birth canal, you're saying it might hurt. It's going to squeeze at the very least. It's going to squeeze, and if you've got uh, some resistance, you may end up breach, and it may take a longer to come down through that and come out gloriously. Like, oh, I found a new life, um, and so there is a reason why Jesus has inserted into his story things like take up my, your cross, or things that are pretty dramatic, like lose your life in order to find it, you must lose your life, you're talking about, like, death, yeah, or approximation, or back to your, your thoughts, uh, Emily, about this, the sacrifice, he will require, no one needs to go out and, 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 do a sacrifice that Jesus is not requiring, and in fact, what, here's, what he's teaching me, is that he will prepare the sacrifice, so he's told me, Greg, I will prepare your sacrifice. And what is my sacrifice? It's you. Uh, the father helped prepare um, my sacrifice. And so what did the father give? His lamb that he offered to himself, I guess, the father, was his name was Jesus. And so he was without blemish. And that was what the, the Jews would do. And he had to prepare that sacrifice. And part of that preparation is... He had to go through tribulations be spit upon well can we just skip the spit upon and the whipped and the rejected came unto his own his own received him not no you can't skip that 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 would not be acceptable to the father <laughs> whoa this father has high demands for the kind of sacrifice and so in turn jesus we're we're incapable of knowing okay, I want to worship you, Lord, and I want to present myself a willing sacrifice and an adequate sacrifice, but I actually have parts of me that are pretty resistant to um, being maybe the sacrifice that you want. So uh, yesterday, I took my pillow. I've got a, a Jesus pillow that it has writings on it, uh, it has a cross. It has uh, the symbol for the Alpha and Omega. It has uh, various symbols. But one of the symbols Jesus had me put on there is a symbol of a coin. I made it a pretty big coin, um, admittedly. But that coin represents two, uh, two coins. One is called the widow's mite. So one of the ways he can um, prepare the sacrifice is you get to live. Um, he, he told me, Greg, I'm preparing you. And um, to do the widow's mite so you know what that is yeah so you want me to go put my last penny into the treasury instead of buying food with it yeah an approximation of that and you know, jesus hasn't required me to do that actually at that level but that's the parable um, and so some that's what he does he, he will prepare people Um, with enough poverty that they're pretty close to that when they give whether their time or their money or their talents giving them freely like the the widow they will they will have a story in their life where they actually did that and they will know that they could not have prepared that because they would not have they're like no one wants to get down that low to be like okay i got rid of all my stuff Um, And I'm just down to my last mite. Now, where's the treasury box? Let's give this to the Corporation of the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. They'll build a big big new temple and so forth. Um, And I've asked them for food, and I've been on their food for two years. And they say, no, you've done that long enough. Go get a real job. Whatever it um, has to be, God will prepare that in a special way for when you when he asks you to put that penny and and he'll help you put it. That's the thing. You're like, what am I doing? So like I always imagine what that widow's like, what the heck am I doing? She has this this might, this single might, and she knows like I can buy a little piece of bread that'll just get me by for today. Or I can put it in here. And of course what she was doing, God says she gave more than everybody was given. And he wanted to celebrate that. Okay. So that's that's the one coin on the one end of the spectrum. Now, there's another coin, and it's in the bag of a rich young ruler, okay, who had a similar requirement um, given him. And we're not all, like I say, on these extremes, Jesus isn't usually telling a person, take everything you have, like he told the rich young um, ruler, take everything you have and dump it there in the temple treasury, or in in this sense, uh, uh, more like Emily's talk about. Forget the formal church. I want you, because in that time, Jesus said, go give it to the poor. So he didn't specify, but I imagine, uh, give it to your favorite charity or, um, uh, or to people on the street and then come follow me. Um, and like, uh, well, how much am I supposed to give them all of it? And so that those are two extremes. Um, and so that coin is there to remind me of, um, What God does is that what he's doing, he's helping um, prepare a sacrifice that that when you offer a sacrifice to him in his name, that it's properly prepared, that it really um, approximates um, a sacrifice that he cares about, because there's another part in the scriptures where this is the Old Testament he says I am sick of your sacrifices people bringing their lambs and turning it into a barbecue I you know because they get they did get to eat the sacrifices um, and so it probably smelled like a barbecue so, so Ooh, I love sacrifices it smells like a Texas Roadhouse around here so there was that but he um, he was tired he said and he wanted to vomit I can't remember all the language but basically God was just complaining because the, the sacrifices were not properly prepared. Maybe they were just going through, uh, like you say, uh, I'm just going to set up an automatic withdrawal, um, take that out. Um, well, no, Hey, here, Greg's got an idea. Um, make the 10% the last money that you give at the end of the month. If you really want to um, feel how hard it is, wait until the last of the month, not at the first of the month when you get your check. Just set it aside, like in a, uh, in a jar or something, and have that big sweaty wad of cash in front of you all the time. And then when you're out of money, then <laughs> give it to the church. Well, why would I want to do that? Yeah, that's like fasting and having somebody come in and, and do a barbecue. Uh, hey, don't be doing that. It's already hard enough not to eat. I don't need somebody um, bringing in stuff. I'm trying to fast here. Um, But that is what God will do is what I'm trying to tell you. My experience now with God is like he will up the level of sacrifice because that's what he wants. He wants you to give up your life. And and ultimately, like, what is he doing? I can tell you because he's he's actually done movies on this that I've watched. Um, He's trying to help you have what's called a mighty change of the heart. We can do a whole lot of stuff up in our head, but it's our heart that's hard. He, he told me, Greg, money's easy. I can give you lots of money. <laughs> but what's hard is your heart. And so I've allowed him like, do what you got to do, like a surgeon. Like, Greg, you got, you got real problems here. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can probably make it till you're 80, but would you like to run and not be weary, walk and not faint, run around like a little lamb? Yeah? Okay, then I'm going to have to do some serious work on this heart. Oh, like, what's it going to require? Uh, I don't know, I'm going to read the scriptures about what Jesus would require. Ow, Ooh! ah, <laughs> And but I'm like, all right, go for it. And it's like, instead of suicide, I decided to just risk my life in the hands of this invisible surgeon who says, I can take care of that. And here's the thing, people, I'll tell you this, he has, He's proven himself faithful to me. I'm like, this works. This my, is this, my mind. You actually keep your promises, Jesus. <laughs> I'm gonna preach you everywhere and tell people it's real. Um, and that's what I love. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, Jonathan. Looks like Jonathan's on a run. Jonathan, uh, except our brothers and sisters too. John the other side. Yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah,
2: okay. I have this new nifty microphone that I thought would be great, but I realized that when I plug it in, it's so it acts as the headphone, so I can't hear. So, you guys are going to hear the road noise. I apologize.
1: It's okay, yeah. I'll, I'll let you know if it's too bad. You can mute it. Um,
0: we were just talking about uh sacrifice,
1: yeah. Um so uh, Emily, um I will I will um speak of um one more part that that you were mentioning, okay. Um this one is a belief that a lot of people wouldn't have, um, especially her members of the Church Jesus Christ, Latter like day Saints. My my wife and I don't see eye to eye on this. Maybe we do, but we haven't extended um had this conversation. But I've seen it and I'm like, sorry, I can't unbelieve it. Um so um she would probably say that Jesus would not take people out of the church. um, uh, That, um, and I'm like, no, he would. Um, um, And, and I've got a number of reasons for that. But one of those is to take away their righteousness. Like, well, Greg, that's a, that's a big leap telling me that Jesus would take away someone's righteousness Well, the kind of righteousness that Jesus was talking about, let me tell you that, because Jesus spoke of this kind of righteousness. The righteous have no need of a physician. And so what did Jesus mean by that? Okay, because these were righteous people. He said, I came into my own, my own received me not. In other words, Jesus likes righteous people, but you could call it self-righteous. Correct. It's a fundamental very fundamental part of being human is to in the words of joseph smith that actually came from jesus we learn learned by sad experience it's the nature and disposition of almost all men not just leaders of, of the church or anything like that of almost all men and all women as soon as they gain a little authority whether they're <laughs> my authority as a parent <laughs> whether my authority is your spouse as soon as they gain a little authority as they suppose they immediately begin to exercise unrighteous dominion and then that, that, that unrighteous dominion has a lot to do with the prestige of men the, um, try, trying to basically live a good life a righteous life and then taking your cues from those around you and especially if you've got good people around you because that's what i've got i mean i've got a good ward i got a good bishop i got good leaders i love president nelson but those are all mortals. Everybody I just mentioned, they're mortals. They're not an immortal. They're not an immortal who would tell me to strip naked and go preach for three years. But he would tell um, Isaiah that. That's really hard to hear and do that kind of thing. Or if he says, a out of the church. What? Um, you, you, do you know how others will view me? Yeah, but not the Messiah. The Messiah will understand. Um and because I have a work to do, <laughs> if he wants to insert you back in the church, he's Jesus. He could do that in a heartbeat, give you a vision. Oh, my goodness. Um, he's Jesus. Now, um, what I've just said is very imprecise. It's like, oh, people could take liberties. I'm out of the church. Just Jesus told me to. <laughs> I'd say, great. I got no problem with that because I claim the privilege of worshiping almighty God according to the dictates of my great Muller's conscience. And here's the thing, guys. I'm broken. Don't, don't follow me, follow Jesus. Um, I'm done trying to figure out other people's lives, but I'll try to do the best I can speaking God's word. So um, both Jonathan and, and Emily are out of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I suspect that, and now here's the important thing, and I'll I'll end with this <laughs> because it sounds very tricky but it is, it's one of the most trickiest things that you'll have with Jesus. Jesus permits and he purposes things. You're like, okay, so he permitted them to leave the church? Could be, but here's where I'll go. He could even purpose them. And here's here's where I'll also go. It doesn't really matter, okay? If if, if his hand's in it, if if, if if he permits me to get run over by a truck, do you think I really care whether he purposed that or permitted it? I'm like a little kid. I didn't know the truck was coming. I need angels here. If you're going to, it's like, no, I've suffered to be so for now. So I honestly resolved that, but like, it doesn't matter, Jesus, whether you purposed my grandson to die or you permitted it. Cause my mom died when I was nine years old. It's the same. I'm going to play out my life. Um, but for some people they want to cook their noodle on that. Like, no, nope, God is good. So I just resolve it in the childish childlike way. Like God's good and he knows what he's doing and so if he permitted or purposed emily to uh leave the church so he could do whatever worked i'm down with that i don't know um maybe you're wrong yeah I, and i'm going to emphasize that to anybody i talk to yeah maybe i'm wrong but here's the thing maybe you're wrong too um and maybe the only one who knows what's really going on is jesus and to talking with emily or jonathan they have to run with ambiguity. You think it's easy for them to do what they've done? No, it's um, and so that's that's how um, that's w- what I wanted to respond to you, Emily, on that because uh, I understand like um, people you love not understanding that, and it's funny you have people on the uh, like why do you even believe in God and then, like <laughs> leave the church. You haven't gone far enough. Keep leave Jesus too. That's a that's a terrible crutch. So you got uh, um. And so I find it beautiful because ultimately what it does is it leaves you naked before Christ, one with him. Uh, and that's what he wants to do. I mean, that's what I can tell everybody. say, uh, so Greg, if I went down this Jesus rabbit hole, where does it lead? Here's what I'll tell you. He's going to strip everybody away. Everybody. It's just going to be you and Jesus. What do you mean? I mean that if you are holding on to be supported by mortals, Jesus doesn't want that. He wants Jesus, our only joy, be thou. Jesus, our only savior, be thou. Um, Now, whether he does that in this life or continues afterwards, I don't know. But I do know that's what he wants. At least that's what I understand. That's what he wants of me. So I can even back off that and say, I don't know what he wants of you guys. (laughs) But I can tell you what he wants of me, stripped away, where I will follow him. I don't care what my wife says, my prophet, my church leaders. He just wants it. It's me and Jesus, hashtag hear him, I will. And in, in, in order to do that, I've had to give up my life. It's like, Jesus, you've asked me to give up my life. My social life is now toast. Everything's toast. But it's not because uh, he's allowed me to retain wonderful people in my life, like you guys, but also my wife, my children. So, but I know that if he, if, if he said, I, got, I need to prepare a sacrifice, he could take them away. Because uh, I, I have friends, dear friends, who he's done that. They, they are not living with their family. They've been separated, and it's for a wise purpose to Jesus. That's what I would conclude. I'd say he's doing this. So when I uh, – I'll end with this. So when my daughter called this morning, worried about her son, um, whether he'd be okay to sitting there sleeping, I, I, and she, she asked about the anxiety. Well, how do you get rid of this? I said, it's there for a purpose, and this is what I believe. It's there to draw you close to God. Uh, this is what I really believe, that he, has, he creates tribulation – and it has one holy purpose the rest um isn't great but the one holy purpose the, it can you seek seek and you shall find can you turn towards um, those resources that are not material they're not finite they are where moth and rust can't corrupt they are in in an invisible place and that's what emily you were speaking of like when you went to the hospital Yeah, Emily understands this so deeply that you have to be brought so low, so difficult circumstances, and then all of a sudden you find yourself in this place of some weird joy um, and feel support like there's angels here and there's there's mortals who care and you and you start living in like some kind of hidden kingdom and then years later you're still reflecting on it like yeah that's 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 what I want Uh, that that kind of peace. And it's messy to tie back into our theme. What you're watching is Jesus TV. As I turn the um, the speaking turn over um, to Emily and Jonathan, but you're watching Jesus TV. Uh, you can call it whatever you want. You're watching YouTube, but I like to call it Jesus TV. That Jesus is making. I like to see acknowledge His hand in all things. And this is an episode of Jesus in this mess. And so we're trying to find Jesus in our respective messes and Jesus is doing with us what he'll do with other people. He's starting now to gather people. And you you notice we're not at church right now. We're, we're gathering like in an informal thing that is, that is trending right now. That that's huge. That's what he's going to do. Try not to resist it. We're not resisting it. Like, okay, let's see what happens. And we don't try to force it either. Like we have to meet together or we're going to (laughs) die. No, we let Jesus do it. Okay, back to you guys.
0: Um yeah, the thing I was going to add to that, it's kind of weird like I'm oh, I'm muted. Am I muted? Nope, not muted. Okay, cool. Um yeah, so uh it's kind of weird I'm I'm not totally out of the church. I'm still, I still go sometimes. I'm just, I would say I'm definitely on my way. Um, and the thing I get really stuck on is what to do with my children as I talked about before with Jonathan. But, um, cause I still go, you know, most, uh, probably about half the time I go, but I don't, there's a lot of things that I don't. Think. I'll go on the Sundays when we talk about scriptures is what I'll go, (laughs) um, because I love scriptures, and I love the Bible and the Book of Mormon, but, um, that's what I was gonna say about that, I'm, yeah, it's about sacrifice and giving it all, I, um, I wrote a thought on the back of one of these things, so I think, I think this one's done, I like it, I've been working on this painting off and on. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen this through all of our episodes. I think I've been working on this for like four or five episodes. Because um, if you look on the back, I always write the dates on the back. Um, first date I have on here is 12. But what I about today, like B-A-R-E bear, um, bear before, I put before the world, but then I thought about it being more like bear before your friends. Because there's a lot of difference of being open and vulnerable with strangers and uh, then there is with your family and friends. And I think that it's a lot more challenging to be, um, B-A-R-E, bear, you know? And sometimes I think about the whole idea of like, bearing. And- your testimony, if you replace that with a B-A-R-E bear, you know, I think it gives it a different meaning where you are bearing the things of your soul. So bearing something, right? You're holding your testimony. But I think when you're saying the B-A-R-E bear, you're saying, I am being vulnerable and I'm sharing something that's usually hidden. Um, and so that's just kind of a concept that I've just been, that I wrote about when I was working on this, this painting was that whole concept of being there and vulnerable before the world. And again, mostly before your friends and your family, which is where it's, I would say that's where the really big challenge is. And that's where you're sacrificing and you're giving all is when you are being made bare, B-A-R-E, bare. Yeah, that was just kind of the the thoughts that I had about this painting um, today, about what I was, was doing about, yeah, that vulnerable bareness, I guess.
1: I like it um, and yeah, and I like, um, Emily, I just wanted to compliment you that you've been able to share things <laughs> that are public because you're right. I am kind of made for the street preaching and I know that you're an introvert. And so um, your um, willingness to um, be vulnerable um, is good. And uh, I think it, um, it's going to help others um, who are in a similar position because um, there's a lot of searching right now. Because what I love about the time we live in there's a uh, spiritual revival going on, um, and and one of the things that's happening, like within the church, is is if people were surface believers, like just skin deep, uh, God is making it uncomfortable. For some reason, I just can't do this, and maybe it's because He's flooding their life with skin deep. You know, I've got Facebook friends, four hundred of them. What kind of friends are they? Are they deep friends? And so, if you if you get overwhelmed by meaninglessness, sometimes the reaction is. I got to do something. I got to get out of here and go find a deeper way. And if, if the pathways, yeah, I see you, Jonathan. I'll turn it over to you in just a second. Um, if the pathways are not created in that formal structure, which they're not, so we don't have a, a good uh, structure within the church, of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, where we have an option. You can do the one or two hour block. If it was a three hour block, no, no that's not formally um, invited to people. We don't send out flyers that say, "Hey, if you smoke and so forth, or if you you need food," we do these things um, very quietly. um, And so, there's not like if you're struggling in your faith, it's not um, well-known pathways. Uh, If 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 you're Greg Muller, here's the forum because Greg wants to talk about these kind of things. They don't have a forum for that. Um, Do other churches? Sure, I think there's some other churches that do because they know that. um, But um, you're having to build these, these pathways. And so uh, yourself, uh, you know, and which is fine. That's what Jesus is doing. So I just, hey, Jesus does what he wants with his church. And he also does what he wants with me, my family. And so I, I have to content myself, although I can find um, fault. And well, that's just not very comfortable to go and do that. Even though the fault I'm finding is not malicious. It's just simply, I see people suffering um, and I believe we could create structures. Well, you're not the prophet, you're not the bishop. That's correct. So um I can't go fix things because I don't have standing, um, nor would I even know how to. Um, I can identify problems. Um, and so I clearly say, yep, that ain't my job, but I do have empathy and I will celebrate people who are still look at what Emily's doing she's not, she's seeking Jesus with her fingers. Like, you know, I, I see this person like I am just uh, on a rock face doing everything under difficult pressures um, to try to find more Jesus. But what I see, and this is where I'll, I'll turn it back over to you, Jonathan. And this is what God has given me eyes to see. You, you live, Greg, at a time of spiritual revival, also spiritual death. It, they have to have opposition. There's no way that there has to be spiritual death where people start feeling like um, if I don't find more meaning in my life, I am going to die. Either becoming a walking dead or literally take my life and so forth. Men's hearts will fail them. The other side of that is what, you know, well, um, where's the silver lining to this, Greg? The silver lining is what's happening and which I have eyes on is people having spiritual revival. And that's what And I'd say what evidence do you have that's what i'm doing right now i'm on the rock face i'm going to seek jesus till the end of my days uh if he knocks me off the rock face and i die become an atheist that's that's his business but he knows i'm not trying to do that but hey uh so back to what i say um god takes away even our righteousness okay jonathan you're on you got to turn your mic back on though
2: oh yeah thank you um All right, so just a couple things. I think you guys are probably close to the time when somebody needs to go. I'm glad to stay for as long as you guys want to because I got here late. So that was the first, I wanted to say a couple things. Number one, so when you sent the text about um, tomorrow's daylight savings time, and I was like, oh, well, Arizona doesn't have daylight savings time, so I don't need to worry about it. So there there was a, a lapse in my cognition (laughs) <laughs> wherein I thought that <laughs> I thought that because you guys were changing times that that wouldn't affect me, but of course it does because that means it's a different time in Utah. My apologies for being late. Um, number two, Greg, um, for however long we we do for the rest of this, I, I have I'm on the road today, and I have sounds. So if you can talk right into your mic, um, I can hear Emily a little better than I can hear you. Um,
1: Okay, well you sound good. You're you're
2: coming through fine now. So go ahead. Okay. Um so last of all, um and this may be my final and only comment because um I know we're close to the time when things need to wrap up. Um but I'm I think my only comment is that I am I am interested to see where this particular part of the conversation goes, um, because of my particular place. It's rather strange to me to be talking to people who actually have my background, um, the same background as me. Um, I think I I've gone through f- phases of resolving myself to the fact that I don't have a people, um, and and yet um i can see that there's some some good that can be done here um i guess comments to around that like uh emily and i have talked in the past about children um you know and the interesting thing about that is that i kind of have the feeling that there will be those who will also be in this strange outside place. And that's actually encouraging to me. Um, it's like as as people were leaving Egypt, you know, the, the, the Israelites, you know, um, uh, the analogy falls apart there, being that there are others. Who support you? But I, I can see that in all ages of time, anytime that there's been a conversion to a new idea, there, there's I'm sure parents have wondered, well, what's going to happen to my children? Um, and it seems to me the encouraging thing to me is that what I've what I've seen is that I've discovered that whenever there's a movement in truth, it doesn't just happen in one place. It's like, you know, you end up discovering that somebody clear across the world is asking the same very question more, to say more, to to get out there more. more. Being very, I remember seeing in a meeting um, amongst people who hey,
1: were hey, hey, Jonathan, of my faith. Jonathan, this was Jonathan,
2: Jonathan, Jonathan. And, uh, and Jonathan, being told by oh, God, Jonathan, this is not your tribe. Jonathan. And I'll be honest, it kind of scared me. Jonathan. Because I was still very much rooted within.
1: Jonathan. East. Jonathan. Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan. Have a try. Jonathan. 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 Uh,
2: Jonathan. I find that tribe unless I um unless Jonathan. I open my mouth and I talk about the things that I see.
1: Jonathan. 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 Jonathan.
2: Same thoughts. <laughs> the same. <laughs> hey,
1: Jonathan. Jonathan.
2: Can you hear me?
1: Jonathan. Um, oh, crap. Yeah, Jonathan, I hear you. Turn off your, turn off your video. Turn off your video.
2: Leave
1: your, leave your mic on, turn off your video.
2: There okay, you can you hear me now? Yep.
0: Yeah, that's a lot better. You cut out almost all of
2: that. Oh crap. Um, okay, yep. let me synopsize. Basically, it's, it's. I remember years ago, I was in a a, a meeting with people of my own faith and the the spirit said to me that this is not your tribe and that kind of blew me away (laughs) I didn't know what to do with that Uh, and it scared me I'll be honest Um, because I was still very much entrenched there but I could feel myself kind of pulling away in certain ways Um, and I love the people around me and so so that was that was difficult, but I, the reason that I open my mouth and I talk about these things, the reason I write is partially, I think it's because I know that the more that I do, the more likely it is I'm going to find one more person and then one more person. So there's a, there's a tribe of people who are asking these very questions and the, the question of what does, what do the children do, what are the, where do the next generation go? Well. I have this sense that the more that we talk about things, these things, the more that we'll find a place for the generations that come in the very people who this resonates with. That's that's basically my comment. Good comment. Did you catch that?
1: Yep. Emily, why, why don't yeah. you... Uh, Emily, Sorry, why, don't you, why don't you finish up? Because um, we're about ready to wrap up. Um, uh, if you have any other thoughts.
0: Yeah. Or, uh, um, yeah, totally. Two thoughts. Uh, one, it's funny, you call me an introvert. I'm, I'm actually an extrovert, So like, I'm actually pretty extroverted in a lot of ways, but sometimes I am introverted. Um, I become more extroverted the older I, I get. But the other thing about what Johnson says, I know there's a lot of different groups of people. I could say they're kind of on the outskirts. Um, One of my ideas that I've talked with you guys about before, we talked a little bit about Patreon or things, is just having like a, like a bigger Zoom group. It doesn't necessarily have to be like a YouTube recording, but I would, I don't know, like how do we pull these people together? Do we have a, I don't know, because I know some people and I don't know, they're just things that I think about, like I don't think I think the more people you have you can't have discussions like this. I think 3 is pretty max. Um maybe 4 sometimes, but you know what I mean? You get too many people and everyone can't share. Um but uh I don't it, know. Patty. I just think about ways to help people find each other. That's something I would love to to see more. Like Me too.
1: Okay, yeah. And so I I have a thought there. Um but it's just a general thought because I I have uh, some friends now that I have that instinct. Well, let's let's get together and um, what I Jesus has told me is coming is um, uh, projects that we would work on together. So like this is this is what binds um, us, on, and it's a familiar thing having a project. So we have this TV show thing we do. And I feel like one of the anchors of it is, uh, is that actually the, the painting that uh, Emily's doing. So um, Jonathan and I were um, gathered together uh, doing this kind of thing. And then Emily came into this. I'm like, oh yeah, I, lo- I love that art is anchoring this. But we also have discussions. We have two things going on, live painting. And so this is a project and it and can be kept kind of in a box. We made it at um, 9.30. <laughs> every sunday we can plan around it and that's the nature of projects you can manage your energy uh last week emily said yeah i i, I can't meet and there was no problem i i we jonathan and i could have met but i was like yeah let's just take a week off um because i don't like to white knuckle anything i think and easy is the way so jesus can do that but if i had something urgent i tell you that jonathan let's meet and then jonathan could decide himself so we decided no but what I'm telling you, Emily, is this is what I anticipate, is there's going to come, um, and I think it, I have this idea that your art is going to be um, one of the projects we can do more with this channel than has ever been done before. I'd like to see that metaverse thing, because that that's a place where we'll, we'll be able to bring people so that they can interact in more than just the three that you're talking about. So... Um, meaning we're probably still a year away from being able to um, do anything heavy on that because AI is coming along. And there's certain things. I've been following this since 2015. Uh, not ha- not having the metaverse. I'm building this thing with Jesus and what's called the Jesus verse. And, um, but I think that, um, that we'll be able to do projects and have people bring stuff because that's what Jonathan and I bring to you, Emily, and you bring to us is we're kind of bringing our thoughts uh, and, and we've all worked quite hard at it. Uh, um, and, and so we're bringing something to the table. Uh, and I like your idea. Well, there's a lot of people that could bring things to this theme and that's correct. But I think that the, the platform is, is soon to arrive um, uh, and we can, we can prepare for that. Um, but I, I, I love the idea that people could go right now and go touch that thing that you're doing with some um, digital gloves and turn it over and see what Emily's written or start, you know, while Emily's talking, they, they go into her room and like, well, um, you're not looking at Emily anymore. No, I wanna go see what's behind her. Um, and in that little satchel thing, I'm gonna open that satchel up. There's a satchel behind you, a gray satchel. Isn't that right? Yeah. Isn't it um, right behind you like by a, a, a speaker bar emily is that what i see behind you
0: that's a
1: table isn't it yeah it's a table against the wall there's like a stool there yeah so sometimes 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 artists will have big old um things they stick their art in so if emily was talking i might listen to her while i walk over and open that up it'd be like being at church and you go I want to go look at that person's hat and they take it off their head and look at it like, well, that's inappropriate, whatever. But you could do a lot of things where right now we're just like, okay, so there's Emily, but I, I'm, I'm going to go open her microwave. Oh, she's got paintings in, in the microwave. Cause you can do things like that without microwaving the thing. Emily um, could actually embed all these treasures that people, while they're kind of getting bored with the particular topic, they start going and, Finding other ways to interact with her art, Um, and that's coming, um, and we can start prototyping towards that. And that would then give people um, because if we do it in the name of Jesus or Jesus themed, then we will get people um, who uh, who like technology, who like Jesus, uh, who like art, uh, who like uh, you know, and are in similar circumstances. So that's my suggestion, anyways. Is uh, and it's actually just bringing it up again, what we've talked about, we already all said, yeah, let's do the metaverse, be some of the first to the metaverse with uh, Emily's art so that we can do shows and invite people to those things. What do you think about that? That's it on my thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, my my last thoughts are, are I just finished two paintings. Um, so this one, I'm taking off the edges. This is one that I just did today. Um, I decided to leave, well, I've worked on it off and on through that, doing the texture on the background. And I tried to do a very little of Jesus, like, almost how little can you do and still know it's Jesus. I decided I'm going to call this one Made Bare, B-A-R-E, and there's just not as much on there. Like, it's very, it's more simple, um, and then this one,
2: I really like that one.
0: That's yeah, nice. I like I like this one a lot. I'm not sure on the exact pricing of this. It'll probably be somewhere between probably around two fifty or three hundred. I have to measure the exact sizes. Um,
2: this one is more
0: like the three fifty or or like four hundred, probably like the four hundred dollar range. Probably about four hundred. Yeah. It's, um, So this one's either, it's either 16 by 16 or 15 by 15. But this is a bigger one. And one of the really cool things about this one is actually on the back, which is where I have like so many weeks of notes and things on there. I'll probably call this one coming to Jesus the wrong way. Um, And I'll probably write something for it. Or maybe I'll have Jonathan write something for it. But anyways, I'll be posting those online on the social media stuff. And I'll keep working on the web stuff. Um, yeah, so those are kind of the two. This one had a lot of many, many layers of just paint. and just kept building and building and building. Whereas this one, again, the Maid Bear, um, this one was just all about not having very much, but still having meaning, I guess is what it is. It's about having less rather than having more. those are kind of the two thoughts. Good. You can see them on there. Yeah, that's all for me.
2: I have a okay. quick thought before we go. Yeah. So um, I love both of the paintings. Um, very grateful. Like, um, I really love that new one that I hadn't seen before. Um, I like them both, but um, so thanks for sharing those. Um, yeah, that's really cool. I, somehow I like the abstract um in the just the way it's yeah i don't know anyways um i had another thought real quick about um about other people um two thoughts occurred to me number one um a beginning is if anybody's still listening to this episode um and has listened all the way through um would would you please make a comment in the comments section of this video that's a way to begin I I think it'd be cool to hear from somebody, Um, and maybe we can begin to encourage people to do that. Not so much because we're trying to, you know, like, you know, get the algorithm on our our side, but more so that we can feel like, um, like we know that more and more people are out there, um, and kind of take it from there. The other thought that went through my mind was prayer um well before that i I started thinking about maybe i gotta go out and share this in a bunch of places on facebook even though i hate facebook you know or this or that and 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 yeah that might be maybe i'll do that but i i know myself well enough that i i probably you know it's not my favorite thing to do but the point being is i I actually thought you know what i think i am going to do is that i'm going to begin to imagine more people coming people that we can talk to um and i'm going to start imagining uh means and ways to communicate even if i don't understand what they are and begin to thank god for those things before they've come um because this is important and it's like and and the the other important and, and strange thing to maybe put out there is that whatever this is it's not a church um it's like the one thing that is nice is that it's like we're not really trying to create something outside of what already has been created it's just um it's just a place for the people who resonate with the things that we are talking about to meet and we'll just see how that all plays out maybe maybe we'll meet at some of these functions that that Greg is always doing, like his Jesus dance or different things. Maybe that'll happen. I don't know, but but I kind of wonder. It's like this this program, weekly program. I'll say this is the last thing. It came about almost by chance, really. And so I kind of think that God was in that, and that you know God can um, can do it again and again uh, to bring about what will. Um, Be the thing that we're looking for. And that's all I have to say.
1: Excellent. Okay, good. Well, I'll see you guys next week.